Amen. Daniel chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 1 and 2 today, if you'd stand for the reading of God's word. Amen. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, and it seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom that they would be in charge of the whole kingdom. And over them, three commissioners of whom Daniel was one. And that these satraps might be accountable to them. And that the king might not suffer loss. I want to talk about this morning... Amen. When you have a strong prayer life, when you have the results of having a strong prayer life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for all that you have done. Thank you for allowing us to make it here safely. Thank you for your presence in this place now. Forgive us all of our sins. Clear our minds, clear our hearts, whatever Satan is trying to do right now to distract us or deter us. May your presence fill this place right now, God. Speak through me now, Lord. Touch the hearts and the minds of your people now. And Lord, may you be glorified through the preaching today. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank God, amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Take me up just a little bit, darling. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about the results. Thank you, um, Thank you, Dar. Thank you, uh, Ushers. I'm sorry. Amen. The results of having a strong prayer life. Oftentimes, we look for results in everything we do. Sometimes we're praying, and I went through a whole series on prayer last four weeks, and I told you that there are some things that we must look for, amen, there's some dynamics about our prayer that's very important. But oftentimes, what I find is that people abandon prayer simply because they don't see any results. The question is, what type of results are you looking for from prayer? I believe that prayer changes your life. I believe that if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ through prayer, I believe that your life, amen, your life change will begin to be evident not just to others but to you. We find in our story today, in our passage today, a young man who had been in captivity He had been in Babylon. He had been in slavery since he was 16 years old. Daniel now is an older man at this point, and he had learned a lot throughout his life. His example in Scripture is one that I've admired for many, many years. Daniel was a man... Of God, but mostly, and what I really thought about Daniel, what I saw in Scripture about Daniel, 
is that Daniel was a man of prayer. Daniel's prayer life was so powerful, amen, and his faith life was so strong that even in the midst of adversity, Daniel was willing to trust God, amen, and live a life that's pleasing unto him because he believed that God could do the impossible. For instance, in chapter 3, we find that Daniel was uh, told that he, he had to bow down to idols. Daniel said, I'm not going to do that. In fact, we shall not bow down before any other gods. Nebuchadnezzar put them in the fiery furnace, him, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad negro, I mean, an Abednego. And <laughs> while in the fiery furnace, Daniel said, do what seems right. Whether God deliver me or not, either way, I will not bow down to idols. What, what's the lesson there? The lesson there is that Daniel, through his faith life and his prayer life, he was able to face adversity, amen, and still, watch this, hold on to his faith in the midst of persecution. Isn't that something? Isn't that what happens to us saints? Sometimes as believers, we give up in the midst of adversity. We throw in the towel. We, amen, we get tired. We turn our backs on God. We, amen, we turn back to the world or we bow down back to idols. And Daniel says, I'm not going to do that. Now, what was the secret to Daniel's success? I believe that it was, number one, his relationship to God. But even at 16 years old, to have such a resolve, to have such a determination that nothing will turn me back from serving God says a lot about this young man, Daniel. So you know what it tells me? It tells me that young people can live a life, amen, that's pleasing unto God. That young people can, amen, take a stand for what's right. Daniel had a prayer life that was so powerful and it was, it was so, he was so committed to it that he did not just face adversity once, but he faced adversities throughout his life in Babylon. But check this out. The neat thing about Daniel, <clears throat> what I find in Scripture, is that Daniel found favor with God. Are you with me? And I believe that if you and I were to develop a stronger prayer life, a stronger prayer life, I believe that we too will see the favor of God. The book of Daniel is a testimony to how God works out his purpose through his servants, even in the courts of pagan rulers. That God can put you in the world and use you for his glory. Are you with me? The book was written to encourage those living in times of oppression and persecution. Anybody going through anything today? Going through a little persecution? Going through a little trial? The book was written to encourage you that in spite of what you're going through, if you develop a stronger prayer life, you will see the results. Are you with me? It, it is, it, it, it's stories and it's visions show 
that it is possible not only to survive, but to thrive, watch this, as a faithful follower of God in the most difficult conditions in life. May I say this to you? The moment that you give your life to Christ, amen, you will be faced with adversity. But it is possible to live, come on somebody, in the midst of adversity and still hold on to your faith. Because the enemy wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your prayer life. And in spite of present day troubles, you got to remember something, saints, that God is in full control. Listen, it may seem like the king is in control. It may seem like your boss is in control. It may seem like, listen, like, like the devil is taking over. But let me say something to you. God is still in control. How many believe that today? Daniel, even in this chapter 6, we find that he faced three crises. And I'll talk about those in the coming week. The first one that he faced was a work crisis. <laughs> Amen. Anybody ever face work crisis? Amen. What about, and then, and then he faced a prayer crisis. And then after that, he faced a faith crisis. And so what I'm going to be doing in the next three weeks or so, I'm going to be teaching you how to handle crisis. Amen. But it's through your prayer life. That you can, amen, overcome. And the first thing that we find that Daniel, and this is just an introduction today, the, the first thing we find is that Daniel faces a work crisis. And, and we all face, don't we all face work crisis? Don't we all have bosses that just won't act right? Come on, somebody. We, we got some people who are in power, amen, who they, they, they're foolish and they don't know how to handle their power. They don't know how to handle the position. They don't know, understand, they don't know how to handle the promotion. Come on, somebody. But listen, Daniel shows us how to handle these things, but it's through your prayer life, saints. Listen to me real good. The source to your strength is your prayer life. Watch the text. So the text says in verse 1, it said, it seemed good to Darius. Now, Darius was the king. Daniel had been under two different uh, leadership. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had died, and now Darius was in power. Now, it says, it seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 Satraps. Now, satraps were governors. That's what they were. They were governors, ones who were responsible for overseeing the collection of the money. So now you see, you'll understand why they needed somebody to watch over them. Watch the text. The text says the satraps over the kingdom and that they will be in charge of the whole kingdom. In other words, we have a work situation here that the, the king had put these men in charge of the money. And do you not know that money can corrupt you? Do you not know that money can be very tempting? And so the text goes on to say in verse 2, it says, and over them, watch this, 
three commissioners whom Daniel was one. Now watch this. Daniel didn't ask for promotion. Daniel was in captivity. Now let me paint the picture now. Daniel did not go seeking a promotion. Daniel didn't go seeking anything. But, but here's the qualities, and I'm going to pull out these qualities, right? Daniel's prayer life was so powerful, right, that Daniel found, my first point is, when you have a strong prayer life, amen, when you have developed a strong prayer life, first point is you know that your success is really the favor of God. Come on, somebody. That's your success. Listen, it wasn't your ability. It wasn't how smart you were. It wasn't because you met the qualification. It was because of the favor of God. And, and listen, Daniel didn't ask for this. He was given this. Here's a man who's in captivity. Here's a man who's forced into slavery. Here's a man who didn't know what the next day would bring. And I want to say to somebody here this morning, your, your success is really the favor of God. And may I say this to you? When you have the favor of God, you don't have to worry about your haters. You don't have to worry about folk that talk about you. You don't have to worry about folk that lie on you. You don't have to worry about people that give you a hard time. They're mad because you got the favor of God. I wish I had somebody this morning. Watch this. That, there were three people that he chose, the king that is. Out of 120 satraps, he chose three men. Come on, somebody. One being who? Daniel. Did Daniel promote? Did, da did Daniel interview for it? No, he didn't. Did Daniel petition for it? No, he didn't. Did Daniel even put an application in for it? No, he didn't. You know why? Because Daniel had the favor of God. Come on, somebody. Daniel, in the previous government, he was, watch this, he was, the, he was Nebuchadnezzar's closest advisor. But here he is now. In a new position, but watch this. He understands. Saints, let me tell you something. When you have a strong prayer life, you can expect the favor of God. And listen, when God gives you a position, wherever he places you in the work, in the marketplace to work, you understand this, that he has a plan for you being there. Are you with me? Don't look down on where you are right now. But trust and believe that God has a bigger plan ahead of you. Are y'all with me? Watch what he says next. He says, he says, so he, uh, over them, three commissioners, of which Daniel was one. And then the text says that these satraps, watch this, might be accountable to them. See, we want to work without accountability. Hey, am I right about it? We, we want positions without anybody overseeing what we're doing. May I say something to you? If you are in a position of any kind, you will have somebody over you for you to be accountable to. Now, why did the king do that? The king did that because he knew the temptation that there is, what? To steal. 
See, God sets up the workplace. So my next point is this. Know this, that your position was given not only by God's favor, but your position was given by God's providence. God knew. And that word providence means that he is in control. Whatever you're doing in life right now, whatever you're doing right now, know this, that God's providence is what got you there. Come on, somebody. Favor is one thing, but providence means that he is in what? Full control. That God placed you there. Listen, it's amazing how we complain about our jobs. We complain about the job that we go to every day, but then on Friday, we don't put our hands out no more. We, looked on, we look online to see if they direct deposit our check. Ain't that something? But when you've developed a strong prayer life, prayer keeps you focused. Prayer helps you to understand that I have what I have because of the favor of God. Prayer helps me to understand that it is God's providence. Listen, so don't abuse your position. Come on, somebody. Don't abuse your position because it was given to you by God because God is setting you up for where he ultimately wants you. Listen, nobody want to start at the bottom. Nobody want to start at the bottom. No, nobody want to start on entry level. But I want to say this to you, baby. You better stay where you are. Trust and believe that God through your prayer life, you'll be able to go through the fire. You'll be able to go through the storm so you learn what not to do. But when you know that what you have came from God, you'll treat it differently. Don't treat your job as if it's just something. Treat your job as it's something from God. Something given by God. Because remember when you didn't have the job? Let's back up for a minute. <laughs> remember when you were broke? Remember when you were stressed out, worried, how, how are you going to pay them bills? Come on, somebody. You know what happens to people when they go to work? I want to deal with some workplace issues here. Watch this. You know, what happen, you know what happens to people when they go to work? They get comfortable. After, after six months to a year, they get real comfortable. Amen. And you know what they start doing? They stop appreciating the fact that it was the favor of God that got you there. So here's the thing. So now you're facing difficulties. Listen, even in Scripture we find, he says there's 120 satraps, 120 governors, and over them they are accountable to three people. Now watch this. Now what they did was they would separate it by region. So Daniel had one region. Uh, another person had another region. Another person had another region, right? And, and that goes to show you that wherever you go in life, you will have some form of leadership. You may not have your daddy when you were growing up. <laughs> And you may not like authority. Come on, somebody. Or you may buck authority. But I want to say something to you. You're going to have to give an answer. Isn't it something how we can submit to our boss, but we can't submit to nobody else? Come on, somebody. Help me now. Help me, help me, help me. 
but it's by God's providence. Listen, whatever you're doing right now is an occupation. That's part of your calling. Oh, wait. Work is part of your calling. I teach that in economics. That work is part of God's plan, watch this, so that you can fulfill a bigger purpose. Are you with me? So, so do we complain all the time? Yes, we do. But I think that we've got to get back to continuing to being grateful. Prayerful. Your prayer life will affect your public life. Are you with me? I got one more point. I'm going to sit down. Look what he says. He says, he says so that they would be accountable to them. And watch this now. And the king, and that the king might not suffer what? Loss. What does that mean? What does that mean? Now, let, let me say this. Let me tie this in for a minute. See, I used to work in different places. <laughs> one guy last night said that this thing, he said he had 14 W-2s one year. <laughs> That's how many jobs he had. <laughs> but here, here's what I used to do. Right? You know, well, I used to go to work, man. I, I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't care about nothing. I, you know what I mean? I, didn't, I, I just didn't care. I, you know, I mean, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Y'all been there before? Amen. Thank you, sister. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. <laughs> she clapped away with me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> didn't do nothing. You know what I mean? Just, just hung around getting that check. <laughs> and, and, and then when a supervisor position come open, <laughs> I'm gonna go, I got the audacity to, to go apply. Knowing I wasn't doing right. Anybody with me? <laughs> He says, let, let me tell you what your company wants from you. I'm going to change this whole series. Watch this. Watch this. You know what your company wants from you? Profit. They don't want work. They want profit. They don't want to suffer loss. Every company, I don't care if you say you're doing humanitarian work or whatever you're doing, everybody's doing something for something so that they don't lose nothing and they gain. That's the reason why he had to put some, gov some people over the government so that they won't be oversee them and say they ain't stealing. So here's the reason, here's my last point, my last point. See, you don't understand, you won't understand work until you get saved, you understand? Amen. Some of us say we don't even understand it, right? But, but watch this. My last point, my last point. You ready for this? He says, he says, and that the king might suffer, might what? Suffer what? Might not suffer what? Loss. So here's the responsibility on Daniel. Daniel and two other pagans were given the responsibility to oversee some people so that the company, or the kingdom that is, would not suffer no loss. So my last point is this. 
you know that you must be what? A faithful steward. That you must be a what? Faithful steward. Amen. And, and here's the thing. Being a steward means that you don't own anything. In the beginning, God created. Come on, somebody. Heaven and what? Earth. God created man and woman, right? Now watch this. When you go to work, now you know what made me a better steward? My prayer life. Never. <laughs> my, my prayer life. Amen. My prayer life made me a faithful steward. Why? Because here's the reason why. Because I understood that God was the one that gave me the favor. Come on, somebody. That God was the one who providentially placed me where I was. And to be anything less than a steward, amen, is not representing God well. The Bible says whatever you do, whether you eat, whether you work, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. So what I'm saying to you today is we got to pray about our attitudes about our jobs. Give God a hand clap of praise. He said, but they're unfair, Pastor. I understand that. They, they talk crazy to me. I understand that. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, you still have a responsibility to be a good steward. Because God placed it in your hands. He could have chose somebody else. Come on, somebody. Listen, whatever we do, we must do it unto the Lord in spite of our circumstances. And sometimes we bring our personal circumstances to the workplace. And here's what happens when we do that. We stop being faithful over what God has placed us over. Now, this can only happen if you pray about it. Here's your prayer. Lord, thank you for the favor. Every morning, I want you to pray and thank God for the favor. Lord, thank you for the providence. And Lord, help me to be a faithful steward. Because as a faithful steward, saints, not only will you get favor, not only will you understand God's providence, not only will you be a good steward, but here's what's going to happen in the end. You will appreciate what God has done.